trauma is and has become more and more such a part of so many of our lives. And one of the things that often happens as that freezing in our lives, our bodies happens, is we start to have a miss or a lack of play, humor, levity. Hey friends, are you addicted to drama? Well, my guest today spills the tea on all things drama, trauma, somatic healing, and beginning your own healing journey. Hi, I'm Dr. Neetha Bushin, and welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, and this is your oasis, your destination to be all things just a little bit more brave in your actions, in your life, and in your relationships. And today, I am beyond excited, like beyond excited because I've been waiting for this for a very long time. We've had to reschedule a couple of times, and this human is not only so genuine, but he has had such an incredible life that has brought him to not only create one of the largest places online to learn all about somatic healing, even getting trained in somatic therapies, and has really given voice to trauma experts and facilitators. And this person, you may know him, you may heard of him, and you may heard of me on his podcast, the Gently Used Human podcast, Dr. Scott Lyons. He is also the author of the book, Addicted to Drama. And he is known as an innovator in transformative wellness, combining his work in holistic psychology, mind-body medicine, and embodied education with progressive design. He is known as the body-based trauma expert, as well as helping people breaking free from cycles of pain, limiting beliefs, and body-centered trauma. Scott is an innovator, And he has been teaching to over half a million people internationally over the past 20 years on how to relieve stress and restore vitality in the body. Scott has worked with many of the country's top leaders and CEOs as an executive coach and wellness consultant. He's also the creator and visionary behind the Embody Lab, which I've also taken many, many classes at, largest online healing and learning platform for body-based trauma therapies. And he's a developer of the Somatic Stress Release, a holistic practice restoring biological resilience taught in over 20 countries. He's been featured in the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Forbes Women, Fast Company, The Telegraph, The Guardian, Inc., CNBC, and so much more. And today, we are actually bringing him on to talk about all things his book, Addicted to Drama, which, by the way, I love. It's all about healing dependency on crisis and chaos in yourself and others. Fun facts about Dr. Scott, that he was also in theater. He was in musicals in New York City. And he was a former drag queen comedian, which he has the range of love, laughter, light. And he can also give space and hold space for the darkness. And he talks to us today about how we can hold all and how some therapeutic modalities may be good for certain personality types and some may require other form of healing, including somatic therapies. And we'll get into what somatics is in today's episode, how it's a form of trauma healing and response healing and what are the differences, what the Embody Lab is, and how we can support people who may be addicted to drama in their own light. And if you've ever had somebody in your friend circle, family circle, 
who is how to have compassion for them. And some of the tips and tools, if you're new to somatic healing, what you can begin doing to begin some of those micro-release processes and how to have joy and fun and make fun of yourself even while you're in the healing journey. This episode, we laughed, we cried, we were giggling like seven-year-olds. You are going to just be not only so entertained, but have so much value from this episode. I hope this is one that you share with all your friends. Go ahead and you can follow Dr. Scott Lyons. He is on IG and on TikTok at Dr. Scott Lyons. And you can also get his book at drscottlyons.com. And now let's get into it this week with... Dr. Scott Lyons on The Brave Table. Hey, love. Want to go deeper and behind the scenes with our mini trainings with some of our guests on The Brave Table? Then become an insider and get the inside scoop. It's absolutely free and you'll unlock private mini trainings that will help you be even more brave in your relationships as we go deeper in certain areas of your life. So become an insider today for free at nithabushin.com forward slash insiders. That's I-N-S-I-D-E-R-S and learn from the vice documentary Shaft on Pleasure, Dr. Kate Northrup on Money Blocks, Karen Rockland on Speaking Your Truth, and Dr. Nisha Khanna on Women's Health and so, so much more. And guess what? It's all free when you go to Neeta, that's N-E-E-T-A, Bouchon, B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com forward slash insiders. Grab your inside scoop today. And now back to the show. Hi, Dr. Scott. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your amazing show. You're a vibe. And you know, it's even more vibey if you're actually catching us on the YouTube is yeah. your plant that's like right behind you. <laughs> I just moved here, and this is all I could find in a couple of days. This beautiful mother-in-law's tongue. It's I mean, it's great. Yeah, and, and it's, it's also giving really good jungle vibes. <laughs> Brave Table fam, Dr. Scott and I, we go way back. I was actually mm. on his gently used human podcast, which we will link in the show notes. And I'm just beyond excited, honored, really to have you here. Because when we met, it was like, Bing. It was a Katy Perry about- fireworks song. <laughs> it, was. it was. You are the one person, and I want my audience to really dive into the juiciness of who you are because you have a range, you know? Uh-huh. You have a range. Like, we can go really deep. I mean, you are the mm-hmm. founder of the Embody Lab. Hello. We talk about oh. trauma. And I was on your summit, by the way. Everyone needs to go check that out and we'll we'll link it also in the you show were notes. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. I loved pouring into your community. We loved you. We love but, you. Okay. Current present but tense. Today, but wait, <laughs> but wait, t- today's about you. And okay. so teach us and teach our community how yeah. we can go from being so light and just you are levity on a different level. And then we can go into our dark shadow trauma. And why is trauma so like, why is it so deep? <sighs> well, it literally is deep because it situates itself in the, the, the deepest core of our body, in our nervous system, in our cells, in our DNA even, and or how our genes are expressed. That shit goes deep. You know, when you talk about levity, I think that trauma is and has become more and more such a part of so many of our lives. Hmm. And one of the things that often happens as that freezing 
in our lives, our bodies happens is we start to have a miss or a lack of play, humor, levity. And it's not to say that, you know, playing around, joking, having, clowning around is the only cure for trauma. It's not. But it does something so significant. Literally, the movement of our diaphragm helps release some of the freeze in our nervous system. That, mm. that guttural laugh helps reduce some of the inflammation that is stored in response to the trauma. I mean, that's amazing. Mm. And... Well, I want to kind of like double click on that a little bit because you bring light into the trauma space. But I feel like even with a lot of the courses that you have at the Embody Lab, you're bringing some of the world's greatest leaders. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But how did Dr. Scott get to where (laughs) he is today? Ooh. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think about the major milestones in my life and I look back and I'm like, you know, things like I had severe learning disabilities as a child. I was told I would never even graduate high school. Mm. And, you know, I, I remember going into that meeting with my parents and them sitting us down and being like, it's best to make a plan of how to navigate Scott after if he even can graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And and part of it was like I was navigating my own trauma that was so prevalent in my being that dem- it showed up as like ADHD and, and dyslexia and inability to focus and inability to sit still. Mm-hmm. Not that sitting still is the ultimate goal, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> but all of these things make it more challenging to learn and participate in the traditional education model. And so for me, this was a a major part of my life of when I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to accept other people's sense of my future and my reality. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to internalize that. That's for them. That's not for me. And I remember making that decision. I was like, I'm going to find the things that allow me to focus, that allow me to attend to all the interesting and the utilize all my curiosity that I had so much of in life. And I did, I found somatics. I found, uh, mm-hmm. which is like, and often used in body-based therapies, but somatic is essentially meaning soma, which is the body, the living body. And, you know, our first primal language is not, you know, I'm speaking English, we can speak Spanish or Hindi. That's our mm-hmm. secondary language. We all share a universal language before we speak those secondary languages. And that's the sensation, the breath, movement within the body. That is how we communicate within ourselves and to other people and receive communication from other people and express ourselves. Hmm. So somatics is really the practice of coming back into our primary language and using that to get unstuck. Mm. All the places like trauma that get us stuck, that keep us from thriving or growing or evolving or developing in the ways that we want to, coming back home allows us to organize, connect, and metabolize the things that have got us stuck. Mm. Oh, I love that you're breaking this down for us because I remember when I was first introduced to a somatic practitioner, like... 
gosh, after my, you know, first marriage, I was down in the dumps and, and, you know, everyone was trying to just get me to see talk therapy, talk therapy. And I'm like, yes, been there, done that. I'm like, there's got to be more. And then my, you know, coming from a background of India and kind of the ancient wisdom and the Vedic philosophies... I kind of did the whole eat, pray, love and went to the ashrams and started visiting all of the things that my past on transitioned dad always used to tell me. And that's when it became cool. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go into it. But it was still like, let's sit down and, you know, let's meditate. And it was very much ritualistic, which was great. Mm. But then I met a somatic healer. And, you know, this was in Bali, of course, because why not? (laughs) Why not? That's what one does in Bali. But I just remember, you know, flailing my arms. It was kind of just a full Mm. cathartic experience and just finally allowing my body to release and do and move and moan in ways I never thought possible. Like, you know, you would always think that this is something that people, you know, you're having an exorcism. I mean, I have had a Catholic mother growing up. So yeah. <laughs> it, it can feel like an exorcism where it's like outside of your volitional control. And it is. It's like a total discharge or release that's been waiting to happen. Can and, you talk and, to us about that though? Like yeah. what is happening with the body? Why are we so afraid to go there? Because it's all, you know, I know somatics now is having its heyday. It's and everyone heyday. it's having they're having their heyday. But before all this, this was, you know, it was all mental. It was everyone yeah. was talking about the mental, 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 yeah. and the mind. Yeah. And they we yeah. even confuse mind and you know, emotional body. Now we're actually separating the two. And I feel like you are the person. Let's dive into that. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, day of like therapy, it was body-based. That's the crazy thing is that Mm. it fell out of fashion with Freud. And then the next kind of iteration of therapy was more cognitive behavioral. And that has had a heyday for a long time. It was very practical or is practical. It, it really reflects back the behavior and, and how to change it. And there was another kind of small renaissance of body-based therapies, you know, and unfortunately it went into more of a catharsis uh, approach, meaning like you're going to navigate your trauma by going and pretending this pillow is that villain. And you're going to punch the pillow until you have properly, you know, defended the time you couldn't defend or something like that. Mm -hmm. And what often happened, not always, but happened enough is that people would pass the point to which they were able to be present in themselves and attune to the release. And they would often re-trigger and re-traumatize themselves in the process. Mm. And so now somatics has taken a much more attentive role or approach in going like, we find the sacred pause. Mm. We check in a lot. We might do a little bit of release work and then we pause and we go, what's happening now? As opposed to keep going and trying to cheerlead someone into a sort of violent catharsis, which, you know, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but it just wasn't safe enough for the most Mm. part. And I love that if that person is ready, then they yeah, release. But what they do. can actually happen? Because then yeah. I've seen certain 
practitioners or, or people kind of, I think that, you know, sometimes it can be misused. So can you kind of go into that as well? Uh, can you say more about misuse? Yeah, misuse meaning that maybe they're not fully trauma-informed or, mm. you know, you're going to a big event and, you know, there's people or they think that they can hold the space for that full release. Mm. But then there's not, you know, the integration yeah. sometimes is missing. And yeah. so if you can talk about the steps to yeah. how, you know, what you guys actually do differently at the Embody Lab. Yeah. So one of the main things that is so important if you want to be a practitioner is your own embodiment. And why I say that is your own ability to register the inner sensations and processes of your body. If you are sharing with me a story that is intense, violent, and I find myself or I don't find myself, I'm just doing it, drifting away or dissociating, I have violated a sacred trust with a client and it is felt in the space. And some part of them registers, oh, when I go back to my trauma to heal, people can't be here with me. Mm. And that gets sort of myelinated. And so it's so imperative that a practitioner is doing their own work to expand their capacity and are honest enough to say, hey, we need to pause here. This is beyond my range. Mm -hmm. And I really want to connect you with other folks who can really hold this. And it doesn't make me bad. It doesn't make you bad. It just means that we're being honest enough to create the most amount of safety. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times in my career where I have said that. I'm like, this is bigger than I can hold. And what would it be like for me to bring someone else in or to work in tandem or anything like this? And on the other side, you know, I worked as a trauma therapist for a long time. I have heard and resonated with some of the most horrific things I could have ever imagined, way beyond my mm -hmm. privileged upbringing could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And I found myself going, whoa, I can get bigger and hold this with them. I can be present with them. And I, it's not like I'm saying that to get a trophy or an award, but it is, for many of us, the desire to be able to continuously be present enough within ourselves and expand our capacity to hold that presence with other people in whatever they're going through. <clears throat> Even if it makes us uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, it's totally uncomfortable. <laughs> my gosh. I mean, the things I have heard, you know, and like, I don't know if you've read Bessel's book of The Body Keeps a Score, and he oh, talks yeah. about some really, you know, violent experiences in, in terms of rape and incest. And it's like, you know, it, it's never going to be comfortable to be in a room with that. That's not the point. It's can you be with your own discomfort and still be with another person in theirs and go, mm. this is really hard. Oof, this is so painful. You know, one of the things that I did that I found early on to prevent burnout was to know this was like their relationship with trauma was not written in stone for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. That they have a future. That even if it's just the smallest amount of more sense of safety in their life, that holding on to that sense that we're going to find that together, or if it's not with me, they're going to find it with someone else. Because that is also our human nature. Our human nature is to protect ourselves in so many ways from the trauma and 
it is our human nature to find our way out and back home to ourselves. Hmm. And so now, because when you decided to create the Embody Lab, yeah. when was it like the you know light bulb went off and you were kind of like, all right, I see that there's a gap because yeah. you've been a trauma specialist, trauma expert, leading yeah. people through these kind of somatic bodily breakthroughs and healing. And then they're starting to kind of now take action in their lives. Yeah. When did you think that you were ready or that this kind of needed a space of its own? Because that's essentially what you did. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. I mean, I, previous to COVID, I was traveling about nine or 10 months a year around the world teaching. And I, at a certain point, was like having invitations of places I couldn't go and going, wow, there's such a desire for this. And I'm burning out from traveling. And the two in combination of like, I can't sustain this. And there's a real craving in the world for more accessible somatic education. And so I was like, well, let's make it even more accessible then. What if we brought it online? And so I started sort of dreaming that in about January or so. And did was, had planned my first big online event in April of the year that COVID started. Wow. So, you know, and it was like the first event, it it was interesting. Like I was learning a lot. And up until about the 1st of April, there was maybe like 3,000 people signed up. And I was like, okay, that's a lot. That's amazing. And that's, it's you know, 3,000 people I couldn't necessarily go out and teach to where they are. And it's free. And I love this. And over the next two or three weeks, it went from like 3,000 to 100,000. Oh my gosh. People who had signed up for the, and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And I had, you know, this amazing team I started developing. And after that big event that had about a hundred thousand people in it, I was like, I think this is a sign that I should just really build a platform. And the first platform I did, it didn't feel quite right. I built an online embodied yoga platform. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, this isn't it. Like I have always loved yoga. I was teaching it for a long time, but like I, my roots are in psychology. My roots are in somatic therapy. Yeah. And I was like, so I rebranded about six months after I launched the platform and started the Embody Lab and it blew up. I was like, oh my gosh, there has been such a, a thirst for this. And I'm so glad I can help quench that thirst around the world with bringing in my friends who are these amazing teachers and bringing them all together to offer their wisdom. And it's, I feel so grateful every day that I get to wake up and continue that vision and support people all over the world through this process. I mean, I feel like I knew the Embody Lab even before and was taking courses even before I was introduced to you. And then we, we had our BFM bestie moment. And then I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Well, Well, for a long time, I didn't tell people I founded it. I didn't want to be the front. And I wanted the mission to be the lead. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until my book came out where I stepped forward more as, you know, an expert in the field. But as part of, you know, uh, you know what it's like to go on book tour. And, And we decided to be like, 
okay, it might be time for me to step forward and say hello as the founder. And it was funny. A lot of people didn't know. I mean, it's on the website. It's very small at the bottom, or it was. But yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and it's been a really interesting process to sort of step forward and hold that space more in a spotlight, too. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a journey, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yes, your book, Addicted to Drama, which... Addicted to Drama! Which, okay... You have to we sing have it. To... I don't know if I told you that. Wait, what? <laughs> you have to sing the title. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, how fun is that? So fun. So fun. So, and by the way, is this a somatic practice that we just did? Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> we could say it's... Uh, tonifying the vagal nerve with a little bit of singing. Absolutely. Okay. So a little bit of more rest and digest on the way. On the way. And, uh, on the way. you know, the, <laughs> the vagus nerve is getting a lot of attention these days. So can we... It's hot to trot. It is hot it, to trot. It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> can we bring how these practices affect the vagus nerve? And then I want to get into... Your book, Addicted to Drama, because there's just so much to unpack there. Yeah. So the vagal nerve is uh, what we call a cranial nerve that comes on down and innervates our, <laughs> like, what's the easiest, best way to take, you know, many years of research into like 30 seconds. And it, it's a nerve that innervates the organs, which helps stimulate the part of us that goes more into rest and digest, recuperation, re-energizing. It's the balancing act between our sympathetic. And so there are certain things and certain activities like connecting face-to-face -face with someone, innervating the parts of our throat through sound that help us tonify and activate that particular nerve. And it's cool. Like it's real things that we can easily do to help bring us into a specific state and that's more grounded and anchored. Yeah. And I mean, because you also have a background in theater. I do. A addicted <laughs> to drama, which is why I feel like I love the pun. <laughs> I, 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 the, yeah, the double I, entendre. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I look back at that time in my life when I was a, an actor, I was a director, you know, like directing operas. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, it's interesting that the theater is like, it was such a depository for my own dependency on crisis and chaos. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, it's the exaggerated, intensified emotions on stage that you got to like curate. It was the, you know, the big elaborate scenes and the big elaborate sets and the big lights and the intensity of like anything could go wrong at any minute, especially with live, you know, live work. Mm -hmm. And it does go wrong. And then you have to like, you know, you get into this super activated, stressed out state that for some of us, we feel empowered by. And we go to work with it and we take that all that stress energy and it makes us feel like we have a sense of purpose and value because we channel it into getting things done or moving through the survival mode into some active activity. And that feels rewarding. For the first time, my long-awaited three-day retreat is finally here. Imagine 
pouring into yourself as you deserve in a special oasis so that you feel so nourished over the course of three days of expansion, rejuvenation, and soul nurturing time. Step away from your day-to-day hustle and chaos and step into a portal to strengthen your inner light with me on the grounds of Boone, North Carolina, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar's Art of Living Center, April 26th through the 28th. There's still shared rooms available. Don't wait. Say yes to you today. Now, back to the show. I kind of want to tie it back to the Embody Lab because I feel like some of these practices and also, you know, this is for all of our mom listeners too. We think, how can we actually start to teach our kids how to play with their voice and use their voice. And if I'm going to bring back, you know, Ayurveda and kind of activate your throat chakra. And so, because we're also activating that vagus nerve Mm -hmm. as well. Do you think that you being in theater as well as an actor, director, and, you know, allowing yourself to sing, do you think that early on that kind of, were probably some of the beginnings of, you know, using somatics as a way to Mm. heal and acclimate and Mm. transform or alchemize some of the trauma that was going on. And do you think that, you know, we should be exposing this to our kids? Yeah. I mean, if we go back to the early times of development, you know, and you hear all the cooing, those baby sounds as they're, you know, on their way to developing their secondary language of words. But in the meantime, sounding is both an expression, but it's also kind of an echolocation of finding ourself. Like if you mm. close your lips and hum inside, you'll notice where the sensation resonates. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe it even resonates in your chest or your pelvis, your legs. And part of what's happening as in addition to the expression that's happening with sound as infants is they're also finding themselves through that stimulus. They're mapping their embodied sense of where and who they are through their entire development, but especially through movement and sound. Mm. And so like, as we get older and we're told to keep quiet or, yep. you know, I was in choir class, but told I had a terrible singing voice. And wow. so like, I, uh, you know, like so many of us have, and we shut down or, you know, our parents tell us to be quiet or shut up or whatever it is, or teachers or other people. And we start to retract in our throat. And what we don't recognize is we're also limiting then our capacity to stimulate that vagal nerve and self-soothe ourselves mm-hmm. and support ourselves into that rest-digest space. And so it's really sad about how these things limit us in our ability to really take care of ourselves as we get older. I think as I got into like college and I was given more permission to sing, and I started actually also you know, navigating a lot of my dissociate patterns. Mm-hmm. And Meaning, like, what I were started, some of those patterns? No, oh, they're limitless. I would, <laughs> you know, like the things that people would say was my ADHD was really dissociation. Like, I would drift off while I was driving and not know how I got from one spot to another. When people were talking, my eyes would just widen and I would freeze and couldn't say anything. I would mm-hmm. often have visions that I was going to be attacked, 
and I would just sort of shut down and collapse. And it was a, a radical disconnection from my body. I had these moments when I was really young. I remember jumping off a couch, you know, which is kind of scary and exciting for any kid. And I yep. remember these moments where I was like, what is that? That's a weird thing that I feel in my body. And that weird thing I feel in my body was a sense of me. It was through this thrill-seeking that I got it for the first time, but I remember making a mental note, six or seven or something, going, I want more of that. Not the thrill-seeking, I want to feel more of myself. Because it felt real. So much of my life felt like I was a walking ghost, like I wasn't real, like the world wasn't real. And so my voice very much replicated that. Of course, I was out of tune all the time. It couldn't match someone else's sound or rhythm. And as I got more in my body, I was able to start to have a real solid singing voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a lot of performing and singing in my day and a lot of musicals even in New York City. And it, it really shifted. I mean, we might not even think about that correlation so much, but like my expression of my voice was absolutely a symptom of my dissociation. Yeah. And when I came back more into myself, my voice was full. I was able to match other people's tones or piano's tones or pitches mm-hmm. and even have more flexibility of rhythm. And even have more play because why not? Why, why take ourselves so seriously? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really just appreciate it. I have a few friends who are clowns and trauma therapists and I just love the work they're doing of like teaching clowning as a, bit, a way of like liberation from the things that have oppressed us. Yeah. And is the trauma healing journey supposed to be serious? I think it looks different for every single person. And for some of us, it might be condensed into a shorter period of time. For some of us, it's a whole lifetime or many lifetimes, depending on your belief system. (laughs) And, you know, like my healing journey of finding somatics and rolling around on the ground and like, you know, doing breath work is going to be different than, let's say, a friend of mine who discovered cognitive behavioral therapy and having a therapist that just really was so relational and kind and trustworthy that she got to really talk through or at least share so many of the pains of her life. So it, it's going to look different for each person. And the, you know, healing is a phasic model. So meaning like there are certain stages along the way, you know, certainly like awareness is a big stage. Like I'm aware there's even some pain or an ache, or I'm aware of the ways I avoid contact with my emotions by creating drama, for example. However, it is that we kind of protect ourselves from being in relation to ourselves and other people. And then there's a lot of different modalities and ways in which we will release some of what's stored or release the patterns of protection around what's stored. Yeah. You know, all of that. And it's nonlinear. You're going to have a great experience that you're going to have that big release on the floor that's like you're shaking or whatever, like you and I both had. Yeah. And then the next week, you date another person who's toxic and or has toxic tendencies. And you're like, but I released that. I got over that. Come on. 
And then we judge ourselves for it. And then we judge ourselves and we shame ourselves and we let other people shame us or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we, we feel like we backslid and we never really did any work. It's just, it's all part of the journey and the process. It's just harder to tell while you're in it. Mm. And I want to kind of say more and we'll link, you know, everyone's got to get the book Addicted to Drama because I think that we've all been there. That's number one. And Brave Table fam, you've heard plenty around, (laughs) you know, healing from drama and trauma. But for those who maybe are tuning in for the first time, can you give us a little synopsis of what they can expect from the book, Addicted to Drama, and why maybe we are addicted to certain people who, you know, are drama focused or (laughs) that we keep dating those kinds of people? And how do we start releasing that? Yeah. I think if I said to you or anyone here and said, you know, close your eyes for a moment or keep them open, whatever's more comfortable, and think for a moment, do you know someone in your life that is addicted to stress or constantly seems to be in turmoil or chaos or crisis is someone in which they make mountains out of molehills. So something small becomes something very globalized and big. Do you know someone who interrupts their own peace, who hops from one crisis to the next, who really spends more of their energy gossiping than really talking about their hero's journey. And maybe that person is really clear in your mind. Or if I just say, do you know someone addicted to drama? And you're like, absolutely. And maybe that person or some of those tendencies you recognize in yourself. And that's okay too. And part of what is so important to understand is we all, almost all of us know someone, but it's never really been unpacked. It's just, for a long time, it was just this idea of like, oh, people are just attention hungry. That actually couldn't be farther from the truth. Often people who are severely traumatized, and let's be very clear, that people chase the trauma to avoid their trauma. Mm -hmm. So when I say people who are severely traumatized, I'm talking about those who are addicted to drama. And, you know, what they're doing to the best of their ability is surviving. <laughs> and drama, and we can easily go like, and it's written about in the book. It's like, why would anyone create more havoc in their life as a way of protecting themselves? And it's actually quite interesting because that is exactly what we do. So many of us interrupt our own peace to avoid contact with the vulnerable sensations and feelings we don't want to be in relation to. And drama is the unnecessary stress and turmoil. It's the exaggeration and intensification of behaviors and emotions and stories where it feels like it's disproportionate in the amount of energy and attention to like what's happened in the situation to the reaction and the outcome. And so that's drama. Mm. And how would some of us become addicted to it? Part of it is like it offers something to us. Like I said, it keeps us from being in deep contact with ourselves. It prevents us from being in the vulnerability of relationships. It literally gives us energy to be in a stress state. We, in heightened stress states or states of drama, it's actually a natural pain reliever. It blocks the pain receptors. So all these things 
we start to grow an attachment to as a means of surviving, as a means of trying to just make our way through our the world and not meanly creating a tornado wherever we go or they create a tornado wherever they go. I love that metaphor so much. And I just want to even recap what you just shared because I think it's so huge. People chase drama to avoid their trauma. And it couldn't be any more, I mean, so poignant, which is why we all can either relate, we can resonate, we've either been there, and we know people that are still there. And how do we then either have compassion for that person, you know, in the friends group that kind of always needs something, or it's, you know, your aunt or your, your, you know, your, your mother-in-law or somebody like that? How can we hold the compassion without perhaps getting sucked into their tornado? Hmm. I think some of it is like understanding what's actually happening, that this is not something that is, it feels very personal. It's not meant to be personal. Because it's so easy to just say, I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to text back. Uh, They're in their thing again. I don't want to hold this. Yeah. And, And sometimes you can't, and that's fair. And sometimes it's because we don't know what's actually why the root cause of why they're doing this. And sometimes understanding the underlying cause gives us more empathy. And we're like, oh, this is them in their survival response. This is them having to chase cues of danger to preserve and feel safe in the world. You know, and it's like when we get that, we go, oh, that's what's happening. They're not meaning to bring me in and try to pull me in and you know wrap me around their their wheel of crisis it's but and at the other side if you can't hold space for them if even the empathy and, and there's a lot of practices in my book about how do you take care of you so you can be with them if that is not possible you are entitled to walk away hmm. you're entitled to say not right now i just can't and you are allowed to do that In the same way I began today where I said, I knew I was a younger therapist and I said, I can't hold space for this yet. Can I bring someone else in or can I recommend you to someone who I really believe can? We're entitled to that as humans who aren't therapists too in relation to people who are addicted to drama. I mean, this book is golden. It's golden. And it's something that I think that you know, because we all have that person, right? And I think that as we are braving relationships, as we are braving Mm -hmm. having these conversations, as we are braving navigating our own, you know, somatic body and learning about what triggers us, what causes us pain, what causes us discomfort, can we lean into it, but also being able to be boundaried. And I feel like your book is like a great first step. And then they can go into the Embody Lab to get way more info because I feel like... How many courses do you guys have now? 
because you have many certifications. I mean, you've, you've got a certification dropping like weekly. I feel like that's why everyone's so trauma informed. It's because of the Embody Lab. <laughs> and I and I have a coaching organization as well. So yeah. I feel like a lot of people they go they go and they learn and then they're all ready, you know. So I feel like it's such a hub. People are so thirsty. So can you just take mm-hmm. us through how the Embody Lab is structured? Is yeah. it just for psychologists or therapists no. that are trained or is it for everyone? Yeah. The Embody Lab's for everyone. Trauma is everywhere. It doesn't stay in one profession or in one sphere of our life. And so it means that everyone, to give everyone access to become trauma-informed, to have real tools to attend to themselves, to connect with other people, means that we are healing the world. And to make that accessible is so paramount to our vision on the Embody Lab. You know, we have a membership where you can hang out with some of the the most well-known somatic teachers. We have workshops. We have certificates. If you want to like, if take that curiosity into applying and more depth. And we have immersions. We have that a big five-day immersion with Gabor Mate and Bessel van der Kolk and Peter Levine and myself and a few other amazing faculty live in San Diego. This is our first live event. We've been strictly online. Oh, and so this a, is a full live event. Wait, I yeah. want to talk about this. This is huge. <laughs> You've Thanks. got all of the, like, everyone from the the full trauma sphere, from Dr. Yeah. Peter Levine to Dr. Bessel van, van der Kog, Dr. Gabor Mate, obviously yourself, Dr. Ariel Schwartz. Yeah, it's and an all-star team. It's a, it's a and, pretty and I, big deal. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to explore with my friends was like, hey, what if we created a five-day immersion where we kind of gave people an experiential, an arc of the healing process, like Mm -hmm. from beginning to integration. And so that's what we created all together was like, what is a pathway or one of many pathways, but a pathway towards the process of healing trauma and it's still open enough to really have everyone's own true unique experience within that. Uh, well, and how are the days? Is it kind of like a full retreat experience? Is it like a symposium? What can we is, expect? Yeah, it is a very full day with these folks. These folks will never be teaching again together. Some of them are retiring. And so that was also part of this event was the celebration of them all together. And the day is... So in a lot of like symposiums, you have to decide which class you're going to. And there's always FOMO of like, do I go to his class or her class or their class? And they're happening at the same time. And we're like, why would we create that sort of FOMO experience, especially at a trauma event? So this is a arc. It's one class that happens at one time. And it's a progressive process through each class towards that healing arc. And the days are full. We end each day with a musical performance by some amazing, amazing musicians and artists. And like, you know, it's really exciting. During the day, there's four classes. There's also a movement or yoga class in the mornings. There's a tremoring session in the day. There's book signings. There's opportunities to do private sessions with, there's a whole list of practitioners that are there. And also panel discussions where you get to ask questions to these incredible humans, these wisdom carriers around somatics and trauma. And yeah, it's a really exciting event. 
So oh my gosh. Well, you're... <laughs> it's it is such a vibe for three full days and two half days. The mm. somatic trauma healing immersion. It's going to be in San Diego, one of my favorite mm. places, yeah. at the end of February. So February 29th through March fourth. So it's definitely coming up. I'm going to link it in the show notes, and you guys can definitely go and check it out as well at theembodylab.com forward slash somatic dash trauma, dash healing, dash immersion, but we'll link it in the show notes. We'll also link where you can grab Dr. Scott Lyons' book, Addicted to Drama. You see Addicted all these things. To drama. I mean, uh, you, you just kind of came out of the fold and, <laughs> and, and who knew that you were the reason why all of these things exist. Before we get into our igniting round, I just want to honor all of the work that you've been able to do. I feel like you are the truest embodiment of real healing and how healing could be both. We can have the laughs and we can have the light and the shadow. We can have the smiles and the cries and all of it in between and they all can coexist. And I feel like everything that you have been able to create at the Embody Lab is just such a... I'm just so honored that I can call you a (laughs) bestie. bestie. You are bestie. Besties. Wait, did you get my bestie charm bracelet? That you know, the matching heart halves in the mail. Oh my yet? gosh! No. Do you remember no, those but... from when we were kids? Yep. Yep. So I'm gonna wait. I'm waiting for mine. Brave it's table fans, so hold me to it. Hold me to it because I'm gonna share it. I'm gonna share it online when, when Doctor Scott sends it to me. So. <laughs> okay. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So what are you braving at this stage and season of life? Mm, I'm braving not being right. <laughs> and allowing my perspective to not be the only one. Not that I, that sounds really like I'm pretty limited in that, but it's just something I'm expanding on. <laughs> That's really good. That's actually really good. Yeah. Really good. Especially okay, in relationships. From- Damn. I mean, not the big one. I I feel like I need to add that to my list too. (laughs) All right. This next one is from my question card deck. Yes, I love that deck. It's coming up. All right. Your awareness. Oh, we've been talking Mm -hmm. about awareness. Mm -hmm. Okay. What word describes this season of life? Well, the first word that comes to mind is squid. And I have no (laughs) idea why. It, <laughs> I, you know, I've done these association games before and they never, like, this is part of, like, my funny little mind is like, they don't make a lot of sense always. But later on, I'll find a meaning for it. So, squid. Squid. Okay. Squid. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you also took stand-up comedy, didn't you? You were a comedian for a while. I was okay. a drag queen comedian. So, which... Yeah, that's um, what I thought. Yeah. It was slightly, it, it was slightly different than no traditional stand-up. Yeah, no, no big deal. <laughs> Yo, I got I had to pay my way through grad school somehow. It's true. Being a drag queen comedian, I mean, that would that'll definitely do it. That'll definitely yeah, do it. Okay. The, all the tips added up. The PhD. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. When was the yep. last time you felt nervous about meeting someone new? Also, awareness. Mm. Okay. Likes this. Likes. I think I get a little nervous every time I meet someone new. And I kind of pair that with excitement. And usually the antidote to to keep me grounded is like, just 
to stay curious. Like, I'm, what am I curious about this individual? Like, even if they're like some superstar celebrity that I, I'm meeting for whatever reason, and I'm like, curious about like what they eat for breakfast. I'm just curious what they eat for breakfast. Like, kind of going yeah. that route. <laughs> yeah. Placing curiosity so. first. Yeah. Okay, my last question as we round this out mm-hmm. is, what would you say to the younger Scott today? Hmm. I think I would say, wow, you really did the best you could given the circumstances. And, you know, the, truly when those moments that were the, the absolute lowest lows, like those are part of what allows for the highest of highs to come. Mm. I think that's what I would say to that little guy. Hmm. Wow. What a conversation. All right. Everyone needs to follow Dr. Scott. He is on the interwebs. Where can we find you on IG? (laughs) I love that you said the interwebs. I also say the interwebs. And I also say the Facebook still. I'm on TikToks and I'm on the Instagrams, the Instagrams at Dr. Scott Lyons. And I have a website to drscottlyons.com where you can find upcoming events, blogs, maybe a a singing or dance video. Who knows? Yes. Are you doing those dance videos on TikTok? Because I can so see you doing them. Not yet. No, no. I think I'm maybe in the future. Oh, if you do it with me, I will do it. If we partner up and create a dance troupe for the TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) But we always have to wear our charm bracelets, our friend, our best friend. Yeah, we'll have to wear the charm bracelets. Okay, done. (laughs) Well, done. Done. Deal. 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 All right. All right. The world doesn't know what's about to come out. It's going to be magic. (laughs) We're going to break the internet. (laughs) Something's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this conversation was just epic. And thank you for being who you are, love. Honestly. Oh, I love you. Thank you for being who you are and doing all that you are doing in this world and making Mm it a really rock star place to live in. Oof. Until next time on The Brave Table. All right. Yes. Dr. Scott is one of my favorite humans. Go ahead, grab his book. You can get it on Amazon, Addicted to Drama. Get it for your friend. You know, if you have one of those friend circle groups, your soul support posse, get it for the community and talk about it. There's so many different tools and exercises that he has in the book, but also head over to the Embody Lab and Right now, the Somatic Trauma Healing Immersion is actually still open for registration. It is February 29th through March 4th. It's a five-day event. It's going to be at the Town Country Resort in San Diego. And Dr. Gabor Mate is going to be there. The author of The Body Who Keeps Score is going to be there along with so many amazing trauma-informed experts. So if you were curious to dive deeper and you can actually get the ticket for the online version as well. It's online live streaming in so many countries. So this is for you, especially if you've been needing or wanting to dive more into therapeutic practices and maybe get your toes wet into embodiment teachings and learnings. And like I said, I also didn't even know that who Dr. Scott was before he was. And I was also on the Embody Lab programs. They have 
a plethora of programs, whether you are just a newbie, whether you are just beginning on your healing journey, or whether you want to take your journey even further. There are so many different practitioner certifications there for you. If you enjoy this episode, oh my gosh, like I did... Go ahead, give Dr. Scott a follow. Follow us at The Brave Table. Tell us what you thought. You can follow me if you aren't already on Instagram at Neetha Bushin. I'm occasionally on TikTok and you can find me there as well. And if you haven't shared your thoughts about the podcast, please take a minute to do so. It really helps us so much. And you can do that on iTunes or give us a follow on iTunes and Spotify as well. It really helps grow the show. And we are so excited. We finally hit top 50 in the US on mental health. And we are actually... 47. So thank you so, so much to the entire community that has made this happen. Thank you for sharing when you share this with a friend and a colleague, bestie. You know, it helps us grow the show to get even more incredible guests to give you way more value to help you brave your conversations and be more courageous and brave in your actions and in your life. Thank you so, so much. And when you do, we will give you a free gift. So screenshot your review, send it to support at globalgrit.co and we will send you our 12-month self-care calendar for free. I'm so, so excited that you are here. And until next time, on The Brave Table.